The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. Yo, hey there. Welcome to another fun, exciting, action-packed edition of the Very Poorly Made Police Memes Podcast. I am your host, Lenny. I mean, Lloyd. Anyway, how are you guys? I hope you guys are doing well, and you guys had a good Thanksgiving, and the aftermath and all that stuff is good, and we're rolling into Christmas time. Gotta love this time of year. Everybody's got the lights up. Everybody loves each other. There's peace and tranquility in the world, is there not? But anyway, quick programming note. Not that anybody cares, but I will be uh, taking a poorly made break end of December, and uh, somehow they found me, so I'm going to have to go back to Colorado for some court in January. What does that mean for you? Likely nothing. So basically, I'm going to get podcasts pre-recorded so we don't skip a beat. So even though I'm gone, there will be podcasts because I don't want to leave you guys hanging. So there will still be podcasts every Sunday and Thursday, unless something happens, and I'll let you guys know that. But the main point that I'm trying to spit out here is that, not that this podcast is always super timely, but may not be very timely. You know, we might be talking about uncurrent events, maybe a week or two old, but I know you guys just follow me for poop stories and soundboards anyway, so it doesn't matter. This podcast, I've got a former Tennessee cop lined up for you guys. I haven't even talked to him yet, but uh, this guy's been on the list for a long time. Seems like a pretty good dude, and I'm excited for the conversation. But before we get into it, you guys know who brings all your Sunday podcasts to you. That's right, OfficerPrivacy.com. They take your information off these terrible people search sites, so evildoers don't track you down. Makes it harder for your identity to be stolen. All sorts of good stuff associated with. I know. I value my privacy. I don't want some dingbat knocking at my door. And I know you guys don't want that either. So you sign up for officerprivacy.com. They got two ways you can take care of it. The first being do it yourself. They send you the information over how to take care of it. And the easy way to keep track of it all. And you take it on yourself. Or you sign up for the premium service and they do everything for you. That's what I did. That's right. I am a paying and happy customer. So go check them out, officerprivacy.com, and take your privacy back. All right. We got some newer music from Shanna Jackman to lead us into the podcast, and we'll be right back with our guest. 
Now joining the podcast all the way from Tennessee, I have Dale. How are you, sir? Doing pretty good, man. How about yourself? I'm uh, just living the dream a little bit, you know, drinking some beer, recording a shitty podcast. You right having on. anything right to on. drink, man? I am. I'm uh, I got a little bit Jameson right now uh, uh, with some ginger ale because uh, I guess I'm just feeling like a pussy tonight. So be a man. Drink an Irish car bomb. <laughs> Who would make a joke about that? I know that's racist. <laughs> I, uh, Sorry, I just kind of. <laughs> I saw a video. It was like a reel where a dude. What the fuck did he do? Oh, he did a picture, a picture of Guinness, and a whole glass of Jameson. Or not that's Jameson? Fucking aggressive, man. Yeah. Wait, shit, wait, no, 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 no. The firebomb. I'm confusing myself. The firebomb. Is Guinness and a Bailey's? Uh, not, Bailey's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah not, the, uh, not the Jameson. Yeah, ruined my whole joke. But anyway, I watched a dude do an Irish car no, bomb, and uh, it was the whole picture of Guinness and like a whole glass of uh, right. uh of Bailey's. I was pretty fucking impressed. That was impressive. Yeah, I would say, yeah, it's good to have things to aspire to, you know. Yes, different levels yeah. of alcoholism. I got, I got things to do. Come uh st patrick's day next year but that's uh yeah, for sure. here, here there this, this this whole functional alcoholism thing we got we got to put that in the past man let's let's just go forward and really do this thing you know what i've kind of embraced it it's just part of me now <laughs> i don't care like I, I tried to fight it for so long um that's a that's a joke for governmental purposes by the way oh that is a joke obviously yeah for sure so dale I almost fucking said your real name. Dale was a hey, cop. That's what we had it for in post, right? Nah, I'm just poorly made. Who cares? <laughs> Dale was a cop in Tennessee. And when you messaged me, like, I don't know, a year and a half ago, you were still yeah, on the job, right? Sorry it I took was, so long. I was. No worries, man. No worries at all. I know uh, you're a busy dude. And uh, yeah, man, I was just really enjoying the show. And uh, so I kind of decided to reach out to you and uh, see see if maybe I could get myself on here. Which, what does that say about you? Because that was in the early days of the show, and it was so bad. It's Fuck bad you, now. dude. It was, it was good. It was good, man. I don't know. I'm kind of embarrassed. I, I feel a little more comfortable now. Um, I got a guy coming on the podcast soon. I don't remember the context of it, but he's like, yeah, these are really shitty, and you're a fucking weird dude, but I like them. And I was like, ah, he's right. He's well, right. I mean, yeah, he might not be totally, you know. wrong but i mean in the beginning it was like uh it it was just like kind of this uh this raw thing that you knew like a dude was doing in his basement phrasing (laughs) raw dog in in the basement yeah (laughs) but like uh you know i don't know about you but like like me i i wouldn't know where to start with the fucking podcast or anything like that you know so uh it's got to start somewhere you know and uh uh you were coming off the job and uh you had a lot to say and you were talking to a lot of other people that were dealing with some bullshit and um it was a good thing i think for you know kind of the community law enforcement community not the greater community it was really bad for them yeah fuck them um oh yeah 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 fuck them i'm pro the police community fuck everyone else yeah yeah speaking of coming off the job so your life has obviously changed a lot in the last year and a half can you tell the millions of listeners a little bit about you and I don't know. I guess just like the the basics of uh, 
Who is Dale? Well, uh, so yeah, I came off the job about, uh, I think we're looking at seven weeks now, seven weeks ago, man. So oh, you wow, reached fresh. out at kind of a funny time, you know, but, uh, I, I rolled right into a gainful employment. So that was nice. Uh, but, uh, anyway, uh, so I got 13 years on the job. I never really like wanted to be a cop when I was a kid, you know, uh, I know a lot of people grow up like wanting to do that and. I didn't have anything against cops or anything like that, but uh, it just wasn't like something I saw myself doing. Probably because I was a suburban skater boy degenerate, you know? You but, were uh, a what? <laughs> what was that? I said a suburban... Ah, fuck you. Just let me know when you're done. Hold on, I'm not done yet. Yeah, I just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, so I... Here's a little inside baseball. I usually when people come on the podcast, A, I make sure that they're not fucking full of shit and they are who they say they are. And then I also ask for a little bit of a bio just so I know a little bit about him. And he fucking mentions he's a skater boy. So obviously I had to fucking do that. You set yourself I mean, up. There's things you don't tell me. For it. That was yeah. one of those things. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, could have been worse. Could have been a mall security guard or something like that. That is hateful and true. No, I'm just kidding, sort of. Can we anyway. talk about Avril Lavigne a little bit, though? Uh, yeah, we don't know about her. I heard she's uh, didn't it, wasn't there like a conspiracy theory that she'd been replaced by? Uh, oh, I never heard that. Kind of like Paul know. McCartney. Paul You've McCartney heard that got one, right? Too. No, yeah, the no. word on the street is Paul McCartney died in like I don't know sixty-seven or something like that, and it's been a fake Paul this whole time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. When I was a young man. Uh, I loved Avril Lavigne, and I still do, but not as much as my wife. So, like the original one, or the replacement, or are they both interchangeable for you? Both, both. Yeah, she right she married the she married Nickelback guy. Did you know that she was married to him for a while? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. Oh, Nickelback, and huh? some forty one guy, and she divorced both of them. Wow. Okay. Okay. A little hussy. Anyway. Canadians, man. Fucking Canadians. Yeah. They don't know how to act. I don't know what we were talking about. We were talking about you or something. So you were a little skater boy, and then what happened? Uh, Yeah, so basically, uh, you know, I, I mean, I grew up and uh, didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do with my life. Uh, so, yeah, I tried college. wasn't for me. And uh, so then I uh, found myself, you know, waiting tables, doing that kind of thing. Real exciting, you know, existence and all that. And, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. There were some fun times, but uh, for whatever reason, I decided I wanted to be a draftsman at some point, you know, doing like, you know, CAD stuff. And uh, so I started going to some voc tech school and I uh, actually finished it. And uh, I was just in like job transition to, to start a job at a, uh, a stone contractor. And uh, I was at work one night on like Friday and uh, it was like any like, you know, given shopping center where you got like eight or nine, 10 places to, to eat. And a uh, place across the street from us got, uh, got robbed. And uh, it was a, it was a really bad one, man. And essentially they, they executed the uh, manager and uh, the guy that was closing down uh, in the middle of the restaurant. Oh, shit. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was pretty fucked up. And like, I think like up until that point in my life, I hadn't experienced like real like badness, like close, you know? And I, I just had this, like, like, I didn't, like, know the guys personally, but, like, a lot of times if you work in a restaurant, you, uh, 
like know the people that work in the restaurants near you because like you'll like trade food with them and shit you know because you get tired of eating the shit at the place you work oh yeah oh and yeah so uh so yeah like we like kind of knew them but like we didn't like know them know them you know and uh i had seen them before i'd been in there and uh i don't know it just hit really close to home and it was like man somebody should do some shit about stuff like that you know and uh so at that point the idea was kind of like you know born in my head and uh i guess right around the time the recession hit which was like you know about two years later or something like that and i was i was working in the drafting industry at that point uh there was a lot of people getting let like laid off and all that and uh a lot of those people had families i didn't and uh so i was like you know what i'm just gonna go try to be a cop and uh so i put an application in and uh you know totally expected to get told no and uh just kept saying yes so fucking jokes on them right dumbasses right yeah and in the end i don't know who was a real dumbass but <laughs> So, uh, you know, I like hearing from people that don't have like the typical story like I do. Like, yeah, my dad was a cop and I'm a cop and my kids will be cops, which God, I hope they don't. Oh, God, man, that's worse fear. It is a terrible fear, but it's I like hearing people that are just, I guess, not ingrained into it and find their way to it. And it seems like kind of a rare thing. So that right to me, I think that's really cool. Let's talk about your policing career a little bit. So, yeah, it was uh, it was cool for me because like, uh, you know, once I got there, I was just like, holy shit, man. Like, this is my job right here. Like, this is what I was meant to do. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I guess it probably looked a lot like Forrest Gump, you know, in boot camp, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it just it, it, it was really nice. Uh, I, I like the social aspect of it. I liked, you know, the. The kind of like, you know, brotherhood, you know, you, you didn't have that anywhere else. Uh, and um, so anyway, my policing experience uh, after the academy and FTOs, you know, I hit patrol, did that for about two years. Uh, I was I was a graved guy. So um, good times on, on, on graveyards. Right. And uh, generally, occasionally you get lucky. Luckily uh, for me, uh, I guess I did get lucky enough because uh, I got to go to a uh, narcotics unit. And uh, it was a street level narcotics unit, which was like a precinct level element. So that was kind of like my start into like the more specialized investigations and stuff, you know. And uh, I'll tell anybody that's listening right now, like if you guys are like wanting to go investigations, like don't think you're going to get there by being the guy that like goes and brags about like this arrest and that arrest that he makes. Uh, number one, take really good fucking reports, man. Like. A lot of people like, like, man, you just pencil whip it, you get it out. But like, if you take an actually like good, competent report, I know it's hard these days because nobody gives a shit about anything. But uh, if you take a good one, that that's going to start to pave your way to investigations. Um, and the other thing is like, and this is the unfortunate part, you know, uh, support those units that you're trying to get onto. You know, like they're calling for transport, go pick them up, man. Like, yeah, you're going to want to have time to do your stuff and all that. But uh, if you help them out, let them know who you are. Um, that'll start to pave the road for you. Anyway, or so, yeah, suck somebody's dick. You you could do There's that. that too. You could do that, but uh, yeah, uh, I decided to just you know get good at report writing. Oh, oh. I got good at something else, but whatever. Don't judge me. <laughs> no, you're just mad. Uh, anyway, so uh, I did two years um on that street level narcotics unit. And that was a lot of fun, man. Like, out of the guys that like I started working with, 
they get out there. They're like, hey, you want to go buy go buy some dope? I'm like, yeah. They're like, well, first you're going to get out there and pick up prostitutes. I was like, well, okay. And uh, their explanation for that was like, if you can make a deal with a prostitute, all right. If you can make a deal with a prostitute, you can buy drugs anywhere in America, you know? Because like they, they are going to be the hardest like job interview for you, you know? Um, dope man will decide in two, two seconds whether he's going to sell to you or not. The prostitute, you know, they're going to ask you all kinds of questions. And uh, we, we had some good times, stuff like that. I can get into some more stories about that later if you want. But uh, uh, after I did two years at Narcotics Unit, I went to uh, our like, countywide specialized investigations division. And I was on the gang unit there. And uh, that was probably the best time of my life as far as policing goes. And uh, had some really good cases, uh, you know. Made some great friends. Uh, and in the end, uh, I ended up going over to the counterterrorism unit, which sounds really cool, but it's kind of a slowdown, you know. Uh, but it came at the right time. And uh, everything was kind I mean, of going south at that I, point. I don't, I don't want to mean to make fun or anything, but how yeah. many terrorists are in Tennessee? Well, a lot. <laughs> a lot no, of evil doers. Uh, no, it, uh, you know, that unit the job that you do there like yeah you do have to deal with some kind of like stuff like that uh i don't know if you like heard like a while back there was this uh thing uh 9 what's that yeah 9 11 anyway okay. a bunch of people fucked up and dropped the ball on some shit you know and uh yeah. so essentially like every single terror tip in the united states has to be followed up on so uh as you can imagine that creates a lot of work right uh but in addition to stuff like that you're also dealing with uh, any kind of threat to any like governmental infrastructure, schools, courthouses, uh, a judge, uh, you know, political VIPs, things like that. But uh, so, I mean, there is there is a lot of work involved in that, especially like in the past, like two to three years with, uh, you know, two or three protests every other day. And, uh, hello. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I got really quiet. I thought maybe you went like to sleep or something, but uh, uh, I just got I got really bored. Listen, I was like terrorist, whatever, it's not a big deal. No, I I, I think a lot of departments do that type of stuff. I I know a lot of departments call it like the intel unit. Yeah, and yeah. and they'll do that type of stuff. So same same type of deal, I think. Yeah, same thing, and like you know, having to deal with like the bullshit the FBI blows off and you know sends down your lane, so. Wait, the FBI. Retards. I don't know. I the FBI is like really good about having people on their radar, but letting them. Oh, do they're stuff. the best. They're the yeah, best. They're yeah, really they, good at that. Really good at like that. Like knew about it. Yeah, you know, like we knew about it, but it's not our fault. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I. You know what? <laughs> I haven't gone on any rants yet. I. That shit's tough. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not gonna stand up here and go to bat for the FBI, in some of these other big agencies, but. Anybody that's been a cop, it's hard to arrest somebody for something they haven't done without taking a substantial step and without cooperating evidence, right? And so that stuff is tough, and we don't want people just you know getting their rights violated. So it's it's trickier than it may seem, I would think. I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of these cases, but boy, that seems to be a theme, does it not? I mean, we knew about this guy, and then who's uh, murder who's sucking people. a dick now? 
and it's the FBI's. <laughs> Me? Oh yeah, yeah, you're choking down on that thing, aren't you? I don't know about that. I, I think can't, it's I fair. Can't. I can't. Sorry, I, I was just looking for a kick shot. I just. I like a shot in the face, you know. I mean, um, <laughs> I again, like that. I got like, real gay face, real quick. I got real <laughs> gay real quick. I, you know, I, I got a little offended because I was accused of sticking up for the FBI. Um, yeah, yeah. God, do you remember when it, it was a test, like man? A political a test, unit. Remember when? Remember when it wasn't a political unit? It was just uh, like, me, you know. Um, not really. Like I remember the depictions of them not being like on TV, but uh, that could have been. Seems it. like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I'm really careful. Like being, and we're gonna talk more about this later. Like quote unquote a celebrity, which I don't consider myself to be. But I mean, like my voice is out there, and I say a bunch of shit. Yeah, for sure. I really try to be careful about not spouting out shit I don't know, and I I don't know a lot about the FBI. I know right. what my perception is, but I don't know right. enough to like come on here and like say, oh yeah, the FBI is not doing their job. I don't know. Like I don't, I can read what I read on like very biased news sites and that's my, my assumption. But I mean, it's right. You can, you can see a pattern where it's like, oh yeah, this guy shot up a mall. Oh yeah. He was on our radar. Oh, this guy shot oh, up uh, a club. Oh yeah. That guy's on our radar. It's, I'll, I'll it's say a this theme. Uh, for them. I've, I've met, some good people that work at the FBI, you know, uh, I'd even go so far as to say several, but, uh, from the top down, the thing is just, uh, uh, completely politically driven, you know, I, I don't know what else I can say about that. You know, it just is what it is. And, uh, the people that work there know, you know, and, uh, a lot of them are good folks. They're trying to do the right thing. And, uh, it gets hard, you know, I mean, you could say the same thing for a lot of PDs out there right now. Well, yeah, and, and that's the thing I guess I was trying to get to yeah. is that, you know, how many times you see in the news, you know, somebody saying, oh, well, we called the police and they didn't do shit. It was because we couldn't. Right. So, yeah. like, I, I assume the same thing happens to the FBI is really what I was trying to say without without yeah. choking on the dong there. Yeah, God, we've made a yeah. lot of gay jokes. But... Uh, yeah, we, we need to slow down on that, man. Yeah. Or yeah, speed up. But... I don't know. It's fine. I can <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be like Kanye and say I can get away with it because that yeah. didn't really work out for him so well. But yeah, man. Yeah. You know, he's he's, he's, hey, he's wanna... like a like a 40 chess guy, right? You know, do we, do, <laughs> since we're like making a bunch of statements and stuff and getting weird, do we want to we want to do we want to talk about Kanye? Um, I would probably be like the first person to talk to about that because I know only thing I know is what I've heard other people say about it, but uh, I don't know. I don't know shit about it. I don't know shit about Kanye, but it's it's a weird time to be alive for sure. But it's uh, it, it's very hard to keep up, you know. It is like I don't. I will say though, like a lot of people on the side of the aisle that I generally agree with are making like Kanye into like this hero and this martyr and stuff. And I'm like, dude's like insane. Yeah. He's a fucking weirdo. So yeah, I just, I hate that whole, like, Oh, he agrees with us. He's one of us. And then it's like, I mean, like, look at like Bill Maher. Right. Yeah. Like I think dude's funny as shit. I don't agree with everything he says, but like half of the days you turn on whatever, you know, right wing. Sorry guys. I'm saying right wing in a negative manner. I know I'm, I tend to be right wing, <laughs> but 
you turn on whatever right wing things on. It's like, look at what what Bill Maher said. He's he's awesome. And then it's like, oh, he said stuff we don't like. He's a liberal cuck again. Like, just stop. Just yeah. be true to your values. Stop. I just want everything to be less Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer totally fucking ruined the world because everything's reality TV now. We can't have like a logical discussion about anything. Man, because uh, people there's yell a and really scream. good, uh, there's really good uh, uh, video on YouTube about uh, how like politics turned into uh, professional wrestling, you know. And it's like a three part series. I would highly recommend watching it if you get a chance. Oh, I might check that out. Mm-hmm. All right, we're gonna talk about police jokes. I did want to give one shout out to my favorite ex. Uh, a one shout out to my favorite FBI agent. So, <laughs> they did a fucking bang up job. Classic. Okay, I don't know what you're talking about. So you were a cop, apparently, allegedly. Yeah, yeah. allegedly. Um, you, <laughs> how much of this stays in? How much? Let's talk about uh gang stuff because I'm kind of okay. interested in that because we. I haven't really talked about gangs a whole lot on this podcast. And okay. I'm not going to make this the gang episode, but what what was it about the gang unit that you really liked and enjoyed? Uh, to be perfectly honest, uh, when I was like going through the hiring process for the academy, I was watching entirely too much fucking gangland. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the honest answer. But uh, past that, like, I don't know, there's just kind of fascination with it. Uh, it was. Probably one of from like where I was sitting and looking, probably one of the harder working units um, out of our special investigations, you know, and uh, guys that were on the narcotics team that I was on started going there. And so I kind of like, you know, knew some folks there and they got to start helping them out with some stuff. And uh, I liked the way they worked together. And there was uh, there was three teams, essentially. And, you know, you looked at like the the county wide level narcotics unit for the task force and there was like one of those there's three gang teams so they would often you know hit it pretty hard and um you had a lot of cooperation among teams and everything and um yeah it was just really interesting and uh gang stuff where i was from was like a little bit different because it's not it's not chicago it's not la you know but it wasn't gang proper uh so you had a lot of like weird little hybrid gangs that would pop up where like uh you had two middle schools and you know one of the or junior highs, one of those junior highs had a lot of bloods and the other one had a lot of crips, and then they all like fed into the same high school. And then like once they got there, they were like, Oh, you know, we're all cool. We'll just make like a different gang. And they'd make some weird ass fucking hybrid gang. And uh so we had a lot of like these like weird little pop-up gangs like that. And uh stuff was always kind of changing. Now, I say that to say that everything changed when uh, MS-13 resurfaced uh, in my town. And uh, they were very gang proper. And uh, in all the years on the gang unit, like, uh, you know, anytime there was, like, a homicide, we got called out to go check the nexus, you know, leverage the eyes, see, like, what happened and all that. And uh, unless it was, like, a DB homicide or something like that. But if it was, like, you know, just, like, a street homicide were out there. And um, so other gangs, there was like very little incidents of a blood killing a crip just because he was a crip and he was a blood or, uh, you know, a GD 
killing, you know, the vice lord just because they were opposite gangs. There was always like something, some kind of like money dispute, dispute over a woman, you know, something else. It was an aggravating factor. Uh, with MS, it wasn't like that, man. Like if they went out to a club and they saw some 18th Street dudes, it was just, it was game on, man. Uh, they would kill you for being the wrong gang, you know, and being in the wrong, wrong place. And uh, it was a lot more serious. And uh, that really took off, I guess, right after like my first year on the unit. And uh, so we really jumped into that case. And uh, it was, it was a wild ride, man. Yeah, those dudes, uh, they don't know how to act. I mean, most gang gang members don't know how to act, but the uh, MSF, MS-13 dudes really take it to another level. They are it really is. It really fucking is. hardcore, man. They don't fuck around. Those like, are dudes uh, that I would be worried about. I mean, I was worried about. Did you, uh, did you ever, had, ever happen upon like any of their little, like, you know, uh, altars? No, so... They were around where I was at, but very sporadically, they didn't have a huge presence in the city right. that I was in. But I, I had okay. like I knew of a couple of murders that were definitely there. Right. Um, but God, I don't think I really ran into any of them personally. Okay. Yeah. So like, you know, we did a lot of search warrants at places where they were occupying. And uh they'd always have their uh uh, you know, set to where the altars and stuff up. And, like, I had, like, seen stuff about, like, the occult side of, like, you know, uh, MS and, like, just kind of narco culture in general, like, on, like, YouTube videos or documentaries or whatever. And, uh, you know, they always have, like, like these, like, gold coins and, like, you know, like, uh, like fresh food and stuff like that up on these altars. It was, like, apparently, like, when they come to the U.S., it just everything changes. Like, they had, like, little Debbies and, like, Kool-Aid boxes and shit for, like, Shut up, their please. sacrifice. I swear to God, man, I've got pictures. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was really funny. I remember one time we were out on a on a search warrant that uh, we had some guys from uh, uh, patrol that were out there helping us, and uh, we got into this house. And I was a lot of times they put like their bullets and shit up there on the altar too, you know, get them nice and blessed before they go out and do ill will with them. And uh, so this patrol guy's like, "Dude, I don't want to touch any of that shit. I'm I'm scared of that stuff." And I was like, "Oh yeah, you like believe in like demon drug gods or?" He's like, no, man, I'm a Christian. And I was like, then this shouldn't mean anything to you, man. Like, it's like, throw that in a bag. Like, it's, just, it doesn't have, it's made up. It's the That's skeleton awesome. drug god. Like, you know, just chill, man. But the, uh, uh, obviously it doesn't work very good because we're fucking here. So, <laughs> Did you, uh, are you Breaking Bad guy? Yes. With the Salamanca twins, I, I, my perception was that they were based off of like MS-13 dudes. Yeah, I think you know somewhere between like like MS and just like uh, your like higher level, you know, Sicario, drug hitman, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they definitely. But it was weird because like, and don't get me wrong, I enjoyed those characters, but like, like they really put like a like a T one thousand vibe on them, right? <laughs> they did. You know I, I mean? like they were the worst, but I fucking loved them. Every time they came on screen, you knew something good was gonna happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those boots were fucking cool. I mean, I I couldn't pull them off, but uh, they were fucking cool though. <laughs> I I'm not gonna lie. I've been thinking. I just got done with Better Call Saul, and I was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna go back and watch it all again. Yeah. yeah. Breaking Bad and then Better Call Saul, just to because I know there's some stuff I probably missed. Well, gosh, what what was the fucking movie? Was it El Camino? Or oh, dude, that El was Camino, good. Right? 
I like it. was fucking awesome, man. So good. I got so I'm mad because I was talking to somebody at work and uh, I was like, man, I watched El Camino last night. It was really good. And he was like, yeah, dude, it's a really good movie. And I was like, yeah. Uh, do you remember like in season three when like, and he was like, oh, I never watched Breaking Bad. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> what? You can't watch El Camino and not have seen Breaking Bad. Like, <laughs> What the fuck? Yeah. Plus, you I know, had this fuck from uh, Friday Night Lights. Uh, he's a real psychopath, huh? Oh, he was on Friday Night Lights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kid with the moon face. Yeah. <laughs> that is the best way to describe him. Yeah. Uh, right? <laughs> what the fuck was his name in the shows? I I got to be uh, honest. Like, the, It shocked me when he – No, I hope there's – Here's a spoiler if you've never seen Breaking Bad. But, look, if you haven't watched it by now, like you only have yourself to blame. So go right ahead. But when he murdered that little kid, that kind of oh, surprised that was, me. That was yeah, so yeah. fucked. That was yeah. fucked up, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that show definitely elevates. Like the first season, you're like, all right, this is kind of fucked up. And then by the end, you're like, yeah, this was all fucking horrendously fucked up. <laughs> right. right. So good. So good. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to the podcast. I want to talk to you about my buddy Brad Williams over at Police Fit. You guys see him on the page every single Monday on Poorly Made Police Memes. Brad's going to help the new applicants and active officers smash their fitness and regain their health. Brad has 11 years experience in the fitness industry, 17 years in the military, and is also a first responder. He's going to share his experience and expertise to help applicants get their dream job and help active first responders regain their health. That's Police Fit, and I'll have a link for you on the podcast description. Back to the podcast. All right. About you. Let's talk about you at some point instead of breaking bad right right so let's skip ahead a little bit you okay. left why did, did you leave man uh like i said earlier like when i started this job it just it was for me it was my job like i never knew it before in life until i got there but it was like uh it just felt right you know and uh loved the lifestyle loved you know getting out there love the brotherhood of it but uh things just started fucking changing man and uh like any department uh you know we were going through a lot of attrition and uh it's kind of weird and like like i would say i know i saw a story about chicago like like they're you know absolutely bleeding right now and uh you look at it and the people that actually stick around that stay there and show up and do the job how do you reward them you work them to fucking death man and uh you know i can remember a time earlier this year where i worked like 11 mandatory ot weekends you know and uh that's a lot and uh yeah towards the tail end of that uh roe v wade decision came down right and uh so i thought i had a weekend off and then like this shit happens and it's all, oh, we need to go set up on federal judges' houses. And, you know, I'm like, dude, there's like five triple letter agencies in this town. Why are you leaning on the local PD for this shit? You know, <laughs> like, and uh, so like, it's Friday afternoon. I'm thinking I have a weekend off and I'm getting told or I'm getting asked, what time can you be here on Saturday morning? And I'm like, what time can I be here? What time do you need me here? What time can you be here? 
what time can I fucking go home? What time can I go raise my kids? Can the department send somebody over to my house to do that? You know, like it just got to be a lot. And uh, I had great like direct supervision, but the stuff was happening outside of their control. And uh, we got into this whole thing over the past like three years of we would create an initiative for a problem we caused, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you know, you like, like the city council would come out with a report about how, you know, we were stopping traffic, stopping too many minorities. Right. And at that point we had units that, that worked, uh, you know, in high crime areas. And I mean, in some places, depending on where you're from, it just kind of is what it is. Right. And, uh, so the city as a whole had about 300,000 stops a year. And then this report comes out and everybody gets in, you know, this and that trouble. And they start disbanding like this, this unit and that unit. And uh, next thing you know, we got like 30,000 traffic stops a year. You know, that's insane. <laughs> and so you could imagine, I mean, the roads are like, uh, they're like fucking Fury Road, right? You know? And, oh, yeah, uh, I saw it. Yeah. And like, you know, all the like, like drag racing, you know, the road rage, all that. And it's like, you know what we need is we need an initiative. We need an initiative to tackle this street racing and aggressive driving issue. And I'm like, we fucking created this issue. (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, it's just, it it, it was nuts. And uh, on top of that, we also had a couple, there were some bad prosecutions going on in town. Um, We had one officer that uh, was involved in a, in a shooting. And um, how much do you want to get into that? I'm here for it. I'll try to give you kind of the the long and short of it as much as I can. Um, Yeah. So this guy, uh, he's on a a specialized unit, it's uniformed. And uh, their job is to go after juvenile offenders. And uh, a lot of times they're chasing them with stolen cars, you know, crime trends being what they were. And, uh, so one day they're out doing their thing and, uh, they're rolling around and they see this car and, uh, we've all been there. I guarantee you every motherfucker listening to this thing right now knows exactly what I'm talking about. When you're rolling up to a four-way stop and you see the car stop before the stop to try to not stop, you know, after you stop so that they don't, you know what I mean? Trying to game plan it. Yeah. And so this car's doing that and it's doing like all this turkey jerky shit. And he's like, well, that's, that's weird. So. He stops, lets them pass through the intersection, goes and gets behind him, and uh, they take off. Uh, he had no reason to chase them at that point, so he didn't. But they started uh, kind of moving some other units uh, around that side of town, wondering, hey, where, where, might, where might this car go? And uh, at that point, somebody else picks them up, and uh, they're going like 16 or 45 somewhere. But they've been advised not to initiate a pursuit on them, so they don't. And, uh, well, he ends up in a residential area, uh, and he sees them pull into a apartment complex and he's like down the block, right? So he sees them pull in, he makes his way down the block and, uh, pulls into the, uh, the driveway of that place and, uh, sees the white car that he's following, pulls up behind it. And, uh, he sees the guy standing there with a pistol in his hand. So, uh, he jumps out of the car, chases after the guy, uh, Guy ditches some property, still got the gun in his hand. He's issuing him commands. Leans up, firing on this guy, you know? And uh, 
for the news to say it, he was shot in the back, you know, and it was fatal. And uh, so for the news to say it, he, he, he was shot in the back. Uh, district attorney uh, decides to go try to score warrants out on him a couple of weeks after TBI comes out there and does a really shitty investigation. And uh, he doesn't do grand jury. He takes it directly to uh, Night Court Commissioner. Night Court Commissioner doesn't pound sand. That that's not really what they're for. Uh, it goes up to General Sessions Court, uh, finds a judge to sign it. Eventually, uh, officer gets booked in. Right. Uh, I sat in every hearing related to that case, and uh, I can tell you right now, saying he was shot in the back is maybe technically correct, but. The shots were tracking across his back, like, you know, if you see like the far left side and then exiting, like, you know, the far right side, kind of like under armpit area. Yeah. There's a guy that was turning with a fucking loaded gun in his hand, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it was just it was a pretty bad situation. So uh, district attorneys all in on going after him. And things just aren't looking great for him uh, with his whole case. Uh, mainly due to the climate. They, you know, couldn't get a change of venue or anything like that. And uh, I think the district attorney knew he had a weak case, but was hoping that feelings would uh, override the facts on the whole deal. And uh, right after uh, um, Chauvin took his uh, 20 years or whatever they broke off in him, like literally after that, that story had made the news, district attorney's office calls this officer and says, Hey, we'll give you a one time opportunity to plead this down to, uh, you know, a, uh, um, manslaughter, all that. And I got a feel for the kid. Cause I know he was scared, you know, like he just saw an officer get 20 years and he gets a chance to go do two. And he took it, man. Oh. And, uh, that, that, that hurt my heart, you know, uh, good kid. Good kid. I I met him, met his family. Um, and he was doing what he was supposed to do. And it's just absolutely terrible, man. And um yeah, sorry, I'm like all bummed out now. <laughs> no, it's I think that's why a lot of people left. This is kind of yeah. relevant to today. It's probably not gonna be relevant to the day the podcast comes out, but right. I I get why people like you and I left and what you're describing is basically why I left because I felt I was going to do something within the legal boundaries and within what I was trained to do. And there was a possibility that I would go to jail for it. I think, you know, you could show up to something that maybe the first officer had kind of fucked up, but you don't know. And you could get drugged downhill. And so, I looked at that and I was like, I don't want to be any part of it. And, you know, kind of like I was joking before, but fuck these people. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people might not uh, like that, but fuck these people. uh, I I, I could see like, you know, powering through the job and like doing the damn thing and just hoping it doesn't happen to you. But like, I'll be damned if I'm going to bring that to, you know, the front door of my family, you know, like I'm one person, but like, I'm not going to have like, you know, kids going to school and having to deal with that. And, you know, my wife getting, you know, called out in public for it. It's just not fair. Yeah. I I did want to throw out there that 
I, I've probably made jokes over the last year and a half or so, but I, I want to be like very clear in a, like a, not a joking manner. Like if people choose to stay because they love the job and they want to do the right thing and they're willing to tough it out. I respect the fuck out of that. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. But I also respect the fuck out of people that are like, you know what? Fuck these people. I'm done. This ain't worth it. And I hate yeah. that we spend so much time within this community. And I'll say the community, maybe some people don't feel like guys that left are part of the community. I say they are, but that's just me. The whole community spends so much time like kind of going back and forth and focusing on each other than like actually dealing with what the fucking problem is. We need cops, like, right? And yeah, I think we all agree absolutely. we want good people being cops, but I'm not going to shit on people for saying, fuck these people, it ain't worth it. I think a, a lot of us, if it was financially feasible to do it in a better part of the world where there's not so many shit bags and this stuff's less likely to happen, a lot of us would. But the problem is, is you can't support your family financially because small communities don't pay. And right. I think a lot of us in the bigger cities, we have this... I don't know. I, I would say this is a real thing. We have an ex like we're used to a certain lifestyle. Some people Absolutely. can change, but some people can't. You know, it's it's definitely difficult to go from a point where, you know, you could eat out if you wanted to, to I don't think we can go to fucking McDonald's this week because it's too much. Right. It's a right. lot. For sure. And uh what what year did you leave? You left twenty twenty? Uh twenty one. Twenty one, okay. Uh so I was around when people were leaving in 2020 and in 2021. And, you know, I saw a lot of people, oh, you know, I guess they, I guess they couldn't hack it, you know? Oh, I guess, I guess, you know, policing was just a hobby for them, you know, like that, that kind of shitty rhetoric. And uh, I'll say maybe it was just people being nice to my face, but leaving in 2022 was different, man. Uh, people were like, you know what? Good for you, buddy. Like I, I'm here till I ain't. And I'm trying trying to get out of here too. So uh it has changed since I'm you know, and, and I don't know, I'd probably be lying if I, I never thought that before back in you know the good old days, so to speak, when somebody leaves, I'm like, ah, I couldn't hack it. For sure. For sure. I, I don't think it came from a place of necessarily like hate or anything. It was just like, yeah, it wasn't for them, whatever. But I'll tell you what, and um I don't know, it just it is really weird kind of what's going on and i can only speak to like the online community of policing right and there and, and we'll talk about this and maybe this is a good time to bring it up but there's a lot of people that well here let me let me properly bring this up because you'd mentioned to me that you wanted to kind of talk about the people that have moved on from policing into like the the internet realm and gone on to do other things oh for sure yeah i i think that there's I think there's some snake oil salesmen for sure, right? I think that absolutely. for sure. And I absolutely. I absolutely try not to do that. I mean, I, I, I just feel like I'm trying to tell shitty jokes and tell people stories and stuff. I, I fucking yeah. feel weird talking about myself. But, I, you know, the only thing I'm trying to sell you is shitty merchandise. Okay? That's it. And it's nice <laughs> merchandise. But it's it's made by me. It's so, obviously, there's the it's special. It's special. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I try really hard to, like, promote law enforcement owned businesses and things like that. Right. But right. There's, you know, there's guys that have left under probably unfavorable circumstances, but can say, Oh, well I left in this time frame because things were bad, but they, maybe they got fired. 
And, you know, they're presenting themselves online as this or that, and they're really kind of a scumbag. So you you have to be careful of that. For sure. And uh, there's just like, there's a lot of haters too, man, that like, they don't want you to attach yourself to policing unless you're, you know, actively working as a law enforcement officer, you know, and like, you're like, dude, you put time in and it was a big part of your life and it changed you forever, you know, like to the core of your being, it, it changed you. And uh, to see people like in the comment sections on, on some of this shit that, you know, you're profiting off policing. You're not a cop anymore. Like you couldn't do what you do. If you were still working at a PD, man, <laughs> I mean, you couldn't work at mine and still be doing what you're doing anyway. <laughs> Sorry, this is kind of all over the place, but like somebody, I would yeah. say like the most, I guess, famous person that comes to mind, at least in my mind, is like a guy like Donut, right? Yeah, for sure. He gets he gets a ton of shit from people, and you know, like I don't know the guy personally. I've talked to him a few times here and there, but I mean, just online. I don't like I'm not his fucking right. best friend or anything, right? And. I think people can like, oh, he doesn't do police content anymore and blah, blah, blah. I'll, dude, I'll tell you guys right now. Well, here's here's my favorite part. Here's my favorite part. This dude puts out content, and I hate using that word, but people, this dude puts out stuff, right? And Ooh, I like stuff. Stuff. Everyone yeah. is a stuff critic. Maker. Just stuff I wanna, this is This is a fucking rant I could go on for days, and, and I'm guilty of this too because I'm a music snob, but – Everyone's a critic of everything, right? Everybody's so fucking critical of everything. So you have people going after Donut because, oh, he wasn't a cop long enough, or he's not doing police stuff anymore, or he's associated with Black Rifle and their stock price went down. I had a dude send me a message, and he's like – because I shared like something Donut did, and he's like, that guy's like – he's with Black Rifle, and there's this lawsuit, blah, blah, blah. And he sends me this link to the lawsuit, and I'm like – do you know anything about lawyers? He said, well, no. I said, just because somebody wrote something in a lawsuit doesn't make it true, dude. It's Yeah, like, especially on the civil level, man. Yeah, it's just fucking, they're, <laughs> they're throwing shit at the wall. I right. don't know. I don't, I mean, like, I, I'm not here to, like, defend Donut or anything, but, like, I don't know. Right. But, like, what what I'll say about him and a lot of these other guys, and I'll be honest, there's some of the, the people I just, I don't enjoy what they do anymore, but right. they've probably done a lot of good for policing as far as I hate using the word dehumanize, but it like, it gives you some names to the face, right? Like I, where it's a guy See, on like, Fo- is on Fox news all the time now. And like, yeah. he was a cop and like, you know, like I make fun of Mike the cuck every once in a while, but like, he, you know, <laughs> he, his fucking old vine. Uh, Tansy from North Carolina. Yeah. I don't know anything about Tansy. I have no idea yeah, who he is. He seems okay. Uh, I'm not like a religious listener to his podcast, but uh, I mean, he's, he's pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, like, it, it's the policing community will be the death of the policing community because if somebody makes it out, even now, they will find yeah. something wrong with what they do. And it's like, like, I will say that if you are going to be somebody that associates themselves with policing, you better fucking do it in a positive light because. Absolutely, man. And I, I feel weird saying that. The the point I guess I'm getting at is that like if you if you call yourself like officer so and so, A, I hope you've been a fucking cop. And there's some people I'm awfully fucking suspicious of. Yeah, um, absolutely. B, 
if you put yourself on a platform like that, even if you're no longer in law enforcement and you say, I'm officer so-and-so or I'm officer this and that, I get not everyone's going to agree and stuff like that. But like, you're still, you're representing the community of policing. So right. don't put a fucking target on people's backs by saying like crazy wild shit. You know, I, I think there's like a line to be drawn, but we're getting a little off topic. But like, I yeah. think the point that you wanted to make that I kind of hijacked is I'll let you make it so I don't fucking uh, no worries, man. And, keep uh, rambling. The bush, the bushes are getting to me, man. I'm out of control. You take over. You take the mic. You know, I was, I, I was just gonna say that, like, like to me, where I was at on the job, it was really nice to see, like, you know, content creation coming out of the community, like, because I couldn't watch the fucking news. You know, I couldn't watch. It got into every like you know TV show, every movie that like you know we were just a seven odd three dicks demon from hell right which if you do identify as that i'm sorry um i but, i identified by that yeah, yeah you said, you said three inch dick right or three dicks oh no no three three whole three inch dicks that's like oh, nine. Really. Oh, oh okay yeah, yeah 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 i mean cumulatively but okay cumulative um, yes but anyway anyway uh it was nice to see content that was coming like from people that knew where i was you know and I, I think Donut did a really good job of just working in the middle, kind of. You know, he did. Was like, I think like, he did like, a, a really good job of to watch because. Uh, but then he broke it down for people that probably didn't know what they were looking at, and that probably changed some attitudes for some people. And uh, I don't know. The guy's fucking funny, so good shit. Yeah. He did, and I, I gotta be honest, man, I don't spend a whole lot of time on YouTube anymore. I don't know if he's still doing the breakdowns and stuff, but he he did a good job of it. But then, you know, people are like, oh, well, he was only a cop for, I think he was a cop for less than five years. And it's like, okay, I'm watching these videos, and they're very, like, layman videos, but, like, I haven't, right. none of the videos I watched, and correct me if I'm wrong, did he ever say anything that was out of line or incorrect, like, way incorrect? Uh, not that I'm aware of. No, I mean, like, he yeah, just... And, and, you know, I'm gave... not going to sit here and say I've watched every single fucking video it's popped out. Like, No, and I haven't either. Uh, I mean, like, I think it was a, a net, and it is a net positive, what he's done for policing. I mean, I... People say, and I... Like, fuck, I hate making this about me. I'm going to use Ben as an example. But, like, people follow um, Ben's channel on YouTube, which, by the way, go right. watch our live streams, because I've been doing those on a regular basis with him. But... You know what's funny? What's the funniest fucking part of that is I made this whole big deal about not like outing my identity. And I've been on these live streams for a while. Yeah. And nobody's like caught on to my face is just on the internet now. <laughs> I mean, I, I put a mustache on, but come on. Uh, right. But right. like people have said to him, and they've said to me too, like, hey, you know, I didn't like cops, but like, you know, I kind of get it now. And, you know, thanks for, you know, talking to us. Right. And I think. That's right. something, you know, we've heard, you know, you've heard it on a call. Like, you guys don't fucking care. You're not even listening to us. You're not talking to us. I think things like this indirectly can help out. Like, I, you're you're not getting, like, the crazy people. You're never going to solve them anyway. But, like, the moderates, I guess, your independent voters on cops, right. I think shit like that could help. Yeah. You know, there's also, like, a whole other side of that thing that, like, I I don't know about you specifically, like I guess you can confirm, but like being a cop, 
you have a lot of like, you know, very unique, very intense experiences. Uh, and you really don't get a lot of chances to like express yourself creatively. Cre Holy shit. Slow down on this Jameson here. Creatively. I believe in you. Yeah. Uh, and you know, those, all that, all that experience and like, like the shit you see, like, you know, good, bad, you know, whatever. Uh, it got, it kind of makes like who you are. And, uh, uh, I, I think it kind of primes you to be fairly creative. Uh, so yeah, I think it's a good thing for anybody in the community to do something, you know, uh, I could be, I could be off base with this because I'm not in another profession and I'm sure there's meme pages for everything, but it certainly seems like there's a lot of cop YouTube channels, a lot of cop meme pages, a lot of cop podcasts, because because of creativity we've seen so much we've done so much right it's like the the gift that keeps on giving like the again i hate the fucking word content but the, the content is, the stuff. stuff the stuff the stuff yeah. is never ending right it just there's always something to talk about and i think you know i as much as i make fun of and i, I will continue to make fun of, of not having a life outside of law enforcement right it's a it's a community, right? Like it's nice to, I guess, talk to somebody or listen to somebody that understands what you're going through, right? Which was never really the intent of this podcast, but I think it's kind of what it is. Is now, like, I think, I think, and you guys can tell me why you listen, but I think for a lot of people, it's just like it's nice to know that somebody else is going through the same thing, kind of thing. And Agreed. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that as long as I can continue to hit my soundboard and make some dick jokes, which I've been neglecting the shit it's, out of my soundboard, just, man. I mean, it's who we are. Uh, there we go. <laughs> anyway. Now, you didn't want a little shout out, but I'm going to do it. You, you don't have, have a to. YouTube channel. I'm going to do it because you... You said, hey, I don't want a shout out. And then you sent me a link to this fucking hilarious video. Like, I'm not going to give you a fucking shout out. But I was just for you, man. And like 500 other people. <laughs> it was good, man. I It was a good mix. Like, I, I personally. You did a little bit of a lot of stuff that people do on YouTube, but it had yeah. like that cop flavor to it. And I liked it. Well, I appreciate um, that, man. I'm going to mispronounce the name of the 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 channels at hero gasm what was it yeah yeah zero g gasm I'm I'm all are, the we, boys, are we joking all the right boy... now or you really you really can't read no i i i couldn't remember what it was called um i was just going <laughs> for a boys a, i was going for a boys reference right there by the way yeah okay um yeah i'm not caught up on that by the way oh sorry about that well that wasn't a big spoiler hero gasm yeah. it's lit yeah let me say yeah Five more years and it would be my fault for not being caught up. But right now, no no spoilers. Okay, okay. Um, let's say it one more time. I can't read it. Uh, historian. No, I like historian. historian, but with heist in there. I can't. I can't read. It's too many bushes. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> that is how many videos you got up? Ah, uh, like I don't know, five or six or something, man. Like I was starting to kind of pick up the pace on it, and uh. Uh, things kind of slowed down a little bit when I was 
you know, getting into that job transition point. But uh, I've got something about half done right now. I'm hoping to get out pretty soon. But uh, it's kind of all over the place on uh, on what it is and how serious it is and stuff like that. But uh, I kind of do breakdowns of previous criminal incidents, mainly, you know, robberies and uh, like bank robberies and stuff like that. Some uh, kidnapping stuff. Uh, I'd say I did one on that uh, Chowchilla bus incident. Uh, up in Northern California back in uh, 76, I think. Um, are you familiar with that at all? No. It's fucking weird, man. Like, uh, so basically three like trust funders kidnapped the school bus with like 26 kids in it from uh, like some neighboring rural town. And they're holding them hostage uh, oh. to try to get the state of California. Bam, and, they, and they put them in this like subterranean uh cell yeah. like, like made yeah i remember here and like no one really got in that or somebody no they they, they, they were charged doing but they got out though but uh so the last one just recently got out and uh but it was so fucked up because they were like like children of wealth and privilege they go out and do this to like you know this working class town and uh there's all kinds of weird connections man like uh uh, one of them, uh, I think the main guy, his parents founded a uh, U-Haul in California. And uh, I think they owned the land that like Knott's Berry Farm was built on. Uh, and that was like part of their, like, you know. I love Knott's Berry Farm. Project. Uh, I mean, they were like, they were printing money. You know, they owned like a, a pretty sizable piece of California. And they just got these, you know degenerate sons <laughs> and uh anyway uh gavin newsom uh, uh his dad was like the judge that like fought for these guys to get out like like after i made the video the further i went into that fucking story and the connections they have with california is just insane it's crazy but uh yeah the last one got out recently uh hey let's talk about california you're gonna set me on a tangent there was more stuff yeah. i wanted to talk about this but let's talk about california Again, this is old news. Uh, this is what is it? It's November twentieth. I think this podcast is going to come out like in December. But recently, the uh, there were some kids going on a jog. They were the L.A. sheriff, and the information that's been reported is they were intentionally run over. And the guy that did it is out, and the. I made a meme about it, just expressing my frustrations with it. And right. apparently, I, I don't know how it's like in other parts of the country. And I, I think that's something that people need to recognize is that every state is way different as far as what they do. As far as holding people and what you, know, what you can hold people for and shit like that. So, But the long and the short of it is, in my humble opinion, regardless... I, I get being reasonable and um oh what's the big word I'm looking for? Uh poorly made. I get don't say equitable. Um it's not equitable, the, is it? It's what's equitable. The, what's it's the equitable, word? It? What are you equitable? saying? It's not equitable. <laughs> Fuck you. Um don't say equitable. <laughs> I'm gonna get it. I I'm so close. It's on the tip of my tongue. Um it's not, not equitable. equitable. It's not equitable, but I get that people want to be logical 
How about let's use that and, and base things on like, well, you know, in California, this is the way they should do it because this and that. Okay, okay, okay. I get le- maybe they're doing it correctly legally, but can we can we be mad that I think it was like fifteen cops were run over and the dudes out, right? Without charges yet. Can we be mad? Are we allowed to be mad at that? And it well, like you know, and some people were people but, like <laughs> you know. No, say it, I. I cut They're you off, fucking people, like like fifteen people, got yeah. ran over, like like regardless of what their profession is, fifteen fucking people got ran over. <laughs> you know, it it there were some comments like, "Well, you wouldn't have been as mad if it was just people." Yeah, I would have. Yeah, if it was like yeah. the dude, if the if if the sheriff would have come out and said, "Hey, look, this is super tragic." The guy had a medical issue. It was totally like random kind of thing. It kind of right. is what it is, right? Unless right. he's driving and he knows he has seizures and stuff and he shouldn't have been driving, right. then maybe there's some culpability. But it kind of is what it is. But when the sheriff comes out and says, yeah, this was intentional, we think it's intentional, and the dude's just out, like, that's yeah, a like, fucking like, like, problem. Like, fuck that guy, right? <laughs> but we're so condi- – like as cops, I get it. We want to be logical, but we're so conditioned to like – I don't know if it's just to be disappointed, but like, can we be fucking mad for our brothers and sisters? Like, maybe it's not logical, yeah. but like, can we just be mad about that? It's okay. It's yeah, okay to like part, be man. upset that that's that's a problem. Like, and it, I don't know. And it's like, like that, that's the bad part is like in the past like three years that the goalposts have been moved so much. You know, it's uh, it, it's kind of like we got in that pool that was like a little cold, and then we spent some time in it. And like now it's not as cold, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now when fucked up stuff happens, we're just kind of like, yeah, that's stupid and seems right. And uh, it it sucks, man. Uh, yeah. This is uh, this has been all over the place, but I want to get back to profiting off the job. Okay. Okay. I don't want to make I don't want to make any assumptions about you. Well, that's not fair. I would. I would say a lot of cops lean towards the right. Not everybody does. I will say not everybody does. There's definitely right. some liberal cops, and that's fine, as long as you do your job correctly. Right. But it's interesting to me that you do have like the profiting off the job thing. But then if you're a person that identifies with the right, how, why do you care if somebody's making money? Yeah. Why do you care? That's a- yeah, it's a weird thing that we do to each other. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't like, I don't like when people steal other people's work and creations. I don't like, uh, I don't like the the shake or the uh, the uh, snake oil people. Yeah, either you know right. snake oil salesmen. I don't get that either. But like, if somebody's putting out, you know, whatever it may be, content, t shirts, whatever. Who cares? If you don't like and it, I mean, then don't like it. Somebody else does. I mean, like, I'll, I'll tell yeah. you right now. Um, can we get personal real quick here? A little personal? Oh, I'm all in. I've already got my shirt off. Hold on. You got your shirt off? I, I don't really have my shirt off. Keep yours on, too. Ah, uh, damn it. I was yeah. getting... No, put it, put it, put it back. Put it back. I was getting, I was getting a little excited so, about what was going on right now. It... Back. <laughs> this 
episode has been a mess. I love it. But yeah. God, I don't even know what we were talking about. We were talking about um oh, he's gonna get personal. I I always tell my kids, and I, I think this is good life advice. If everywhere you go, people are assholes, you need to look in the fucking mirror. Absolutely. Or, you know, if everybody, everywhere you go, people are this or that, look in the mirror. I am a judgmental piece of shit. I'll, I'll admit it. And so I'll admit that I am the problem. I will put my hand up and say I have a problem. I should probably work on that. Even though I'm preaching about to you guys about who cares about who makes money, like I'll, I'll be honest, and maybe it's just because I've talked to some I'm of these fine. people. I'm I'm good. I'm just a good person, so you're fine. But yeah, but no, there's no, some people. Yep. Yeah. yeah, there's some people that I just I I feel like I think their content sucks, and I can't believe anybody is involved in like pays any attention to their shit. But then I'm like, you know what? Good for them. Good for them, yeah. Because somebody yeah. likes it, and that that really should be none of my business. And I, I yeah. think that's the bottom line. Like, I went on a rant the other day about like some some chick that's like, "Oh, I'm you know selling my fourteen ninety nine behind the scenes pass." That was really bad, by the way. Who cares? But then yeah. at the same time, if somebody pays fourteen ninety nine for it and it makes them happy, who am I to judge? Yeah, I mean, judge. it's stupid, but I'm gonna that's, judge if, they want, if that's how you want to spend your money, that's fine. But it is, I don't know, there's kind of a fine line. Like, what's the line of being judgmental and then the line of saying, eh, it's okay for people to make money? Well, you know, if, if you're actually coming from the experience of having like, like been on the job, you probably look at a lot of that content from the lens that you looked at police movies and shows throughout the years, right? Some yeah, of it's good, I also kind of, some I, of it's hot garbage. Who the fuck watches Blue Bloods? I don't know. Who watches that? You you, you watch Blue Bloods? I don't have cable. I'm poor. Okay. I make a podcast in my basement, guys. I don't have cable. All right. Yeah. You have a basement? <laughs> Dude, this fucking guy. Iowa. It's Iowa. Fucking There's like, tornadoes here. Okay. Fucking Monopoly man over here. <laughs> Hold uh, on. Let me put my monocle down. You don't yeah, have I'm a basement? Yeah. <laughs> It reminds me of a joke I heard about the upper middle class. I'd love to hear it if you remember it, and you're not going to butcher it. No, that was that was the joke actually that we would be joking about the upper middle class. You know, because never mind. Ah, all right. <laughs> yeah, you were really fast on that. I'm. I don't know what's going on with me today, man. I'm a. It was good. Trainer. It was good. really good. Really timely. Really timely. It was good, man. You know, I initially was going to edit a lot of this in the podcast, but I'm like, the poorness of it is just magical today. I'm I'm really feeling it. Yeah. Although yeah, I'm going to listen like to this tomorrow and cringe. Where the where were we going with that anyway? Uh, well, you know, I was just kind of going on my rant, like, who cares what people spend their money on, kind of thing. Like, it, it's just oh yeah. And then I was people like, people are so goddamn. Yeah, people are so fucking hypercritical and hypocritical about stuff like i'm gonna make fun of stuff and i think that's okay to make fun of stuff but i i think there's i think there's a line between humor and judge just being a judgmental karen you know like yes yeah. fucking live and let live like we can make fun of each other but at the end of the day live and let live who gives a shit what what makes me happy is you know different than what makes you happy you know 
Right, right. And uh, blowjobs. Blow I um, did buy your search history off the dark web, and uh, what makes you happy is really, really fucking terrifying to some people. <laughs> Actually, what makes me happy is probably more like this. Ah, Benny Hill. Old Benny Hill. <laughs> but, uh, um, hold on a second. Let me let me get let me get focused here because you're you're really throwing off my chi today. Okay. Yeah. You know, I was gonna make a joke earlier because you're a skater boy. See you later, Yo, boy. Here now. But, you know, I'm looking at you know. Obviously, I know what you look like, and I look at you, and I'm like, you just look like a suburban dad. I couldn't imagine you as a skater boy. What happened? I mean. That's pretty much everybody, right? I mean, do you, yeah. do you look how you looked when you were like 15 to 18? I think oddly, yes, except with no hair. That's fucking weird, man. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I don't. I don't know. I feel like I haven't. Right. Do you ever have the identity crisis of... Because you mentioned earlier we're probably about the same age. Maybe it was before we were recording. Yeah. I'm starting to have this like, oh, man, I'm going to die soon. I haven't done anything with my life. And like, you know, that happens like, dude, I guess it was like, I know it was when Trump was still in office. And uh, I'm going to totally fuck this up because I cannot remember the guy's name. There was like this like a special forces sergeant, right? And he was getting this, uh, uh, you know, Medal of Honor and all that on TV. It was, the, it was this big ceremony. And, uh, you know, like he joined the Army when he was 17. And, you know, now he's 36 or whatever. And, like, I was, like, the same age as him when I was watching it. And uh, they go on this, like, story about how, like, you know, that he was setting free these prisoners, you know, like, from this, like, burning prison that they were raiding and all that and hey fucking cool man like awesome job but uh way to throw me into an existential crisis like what the fuck have i been doing with my life (laughs) (laughs) like i mean i've got jokes about you know crackheads and homicide scenes all day long but like like this guy's been all over the world like (laughs) just captain america saving everybody you know which again hats off to him right (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know speaking of captain america writing a book sometimes but... speaking of captain america i was watching uh asia ultron today fuck do i miss the old mcu dude i've heard uh, it's gotten really fucking weird i know okay so i just finished i think i'm caught up actually okay i think uh i think the new black panther just came out i don't know so i'd have to go watch that but I, like, I watched She-Hulk, and a lot of people hated it. It had moments. Like, it definitely had some moments, but then there was some stuff in there. I'm like, this is just not – it's not good. It's not funny. Right. Uh, I didn't think it was as bad, and I think it was meant to be funny. I, I don't think it was nearly as bad as people say. Like, I again, it's like the hypercritical thing. Like, I think just sometimes – just sit back and relax and watch it. And I get it's okay to be critical of, of movies and stuff. And, right. you know, we don't want to have absolute garbage. But I think, like, everybody's a critic now, right? Like, everybody goes into it and 
you know, like people like the Obi-Wan Kenobi thing. Like, I just think people just sit back and enjoy the show and don't like, you don't need to write a review after it. Just sit back. And if you liked it, you like it. If you didn't, you didn't, right. you know, we don't, I don't know. I, I just think people take all these TV shows and they get like so into it and warp everything. It just, it takes the fun out of it. It's like, it's like the sports aren't fun anymore, you know, cause everything's so overanalyzed. Right. But I don't know. I, I mean, there's like a lot of things that aren't fun anymore because of people, you know, people fucking fuck these people. Yeah. Be the yeah. title of the podcast. Fuck these people. It's um, like a out, outrage is like a legitimate hobby now, you know, and, and whether that's like, you know, media or like news or politics or whatever, like, like you should just be really mad about shit all the time. And uh, that's like legitimate these days, you know, to be that person. It's just mad about everything all the time. And uh, yeah, it's really such a, fun of a lot of stuff. Well, no, you're just mad about the people that are mad about all the things, right? But then I'm mad at that, so that makes it's me totally, one of those people. Totally different. Inception. Totally different. <laughs> but going back to uh, we're gonna die soon, and our life is yeah. over. Yeah, because that's happy. That's hoppy, happy, hoppy. My beer is hoppy. Um, big IPA guy, are you? No, IPAs. No, I know. I listen. <laughs> I was about to get a little upset with you. No, I listen. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I've I've, I've drank an IPA from time to time, but uh, mainly because I'm a fucking degenerate, and if I go to a brewery, I'm like, ooh, seven and a half percent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's because you're a skater boy. See you later, boy. Well, I appreciate you saying that. That's the reason, and not yeah. functional alcoholism. But yeah. Hey, we are we're normalizing that today, as I hear the. Right. The drink clank in the background, but I don't know if it's the same for everybody else. But I feel like high school was like a couple days ago, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And now it's been twenty years. I have kids, which is terrifying. Like I, yeah. I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm definitely a different person than I was in my early twenties when I was having kids, and you know, early thirties, sure. even maybe two, and. I don't know. I guess you get a little more worldly when you get older and you're like, fuck, this is intense. Like, if I yeah. fuck up, these people are going to be fucked up. That's a lot of fucking pressure. Yeah, absolutely. And like, there was no vetting process for that at all. You know? Nobody decided that you were like an apt parent ahead of you initiating that whole thing, right? Uh, you didn't take the test. You didn't get your parenting card before you had children. Yeah, they let me leave with a baby. Like, what the fuck, man? You guys didn't even like, like, like. There's no tests. There's no nothing. I don't know. Maybe Tennessee's different. Oh, we yeah. We, I took a whole like test and um, like like before we had sex, I like had to like get the key to her belt and stuff. Right. Right. It was like I, I assume that's the same everywhere, but I thought. Utah? <laughs> no, no. Oh, no, that's a good, okay. good, good Utah joke, though. I like that. Okay. Call. Yeah. Uh, hello, Utah. <laughs> My mini fans in Utah sipping that's their right. fancy sodas instead of beer because they, they don't know how to act. <laughs> <laughs> that joke was oh, for man. you, Dink. That joke was for you, Dink. Cop memes. I want you to know that. Fucking so. Dink. Yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. Like existence it is weird. Is weird. 
I've, I've been going through it. Like, I don't, I don't want to say it's a crisis, but it's like, fuck, this is real. It's almost over. No. I gotta fucking do something about this. So, so you mentioned that, you know, you you feel like you look the same as you did when you were fifteen, just with like less hair or whatever, and fatter. But do you ever but like yes. kind of like 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 catch a look at yourself and be like, man, I am suddenly markedly older. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. no. I just look at myself and I say, ooh, 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 I'm getting fat. <laughs> my God, was my gut that big yesterday? I have a pretty oh, face, man. though. I, I will say I think I have a pretty face. Right on. I, that's not that's not true. It's actually terrible yeah. and terrifying. So you're just like a, uh, you're just a thick bitch. A, a what? You're, you're, you're a thick bitch. Yes. Oh, I thought you said a dick bitch. And I was like, no, do you? Uh, no, thick. Oh yeah, thick with three Wait, am C's. I, am I supposed to do all the C's like thick? Yeah, I think you have to like really pronounce and enunciate all three C's. Okay, yeah. Thought so. Yeah, I thought so too, dude. I don't even know what the fuck we're doing here. Yeah, I don't we either. We should probably get back on track at some point. Hey, yeah. before we get on, before we get back on track, though, before I forget, because I don't want to be an asshole. Yeah, it's time to give our officer the podcast. As you guys know, officer, or you guys know the officer of the podcast. You guys can nominate your buddies that are underappreciated and not being recognized. Or fuck, maybe they did something badass and they need to be double recognized. I don't care. You send your nominations in to poorly made police memes at gmail dot com, and I will. Uh, Put them in my little folder, and I will grab people at random to be our officer of the podcast. And the patches were generously donated by the homies over at Ghost Patch, so go check them out and support them. This message is addressed to Lenny. Lenny's no longer here. I hope he's okay. We all miss him. Anyway, they write in, I'm a little late to the game. But I wanted to nominate one of my coworkers. Blank has been a cop for 12 years and is an all-around good dude. He's been on SWAT team for uh, most of that as a firearm instructor and puts on hunter safety classes. He goes above and beyond to make sure the people around him are doing well. He was one of my trainers while I was an FTO, and I gained a ton of knowledge working for him. And he's one of the guys you can trust and count on in any situation. Blank is one of the guys that does not get a ton of recognition for the things he does and deserves to. Thanks for your consideration from Blank. Well, Blank, you've done a great job, and Blankety Blank is going to get a patch from our good friends at Ghost Patch. So do you think he deserves a round of applause or air horns, good sir? Be the air horn, man. Very good, Blankety. Oh, hey there. The holiday season is upon us. Bedazzle your Christmas tree with PMPM ornaments via K Fonta Designs. Or get your friends, co-workers, and family PMPM merch. Or fuck everyone and treat yourself. For the nerds like me in your life, get them the gift of a PMPM coin or patch from Ghost Patch. Otherwise, check out the huge selection of mugs, t-shirts, hoodies, and more in the poorly made police meme spring shot. Links to these in the podcast description and in the bio of Poorly Made Police Memes on Facebook and Instagram. And we'll be back to the podcast.
Is there anything yeah. you wanted to talk about that we didn't hit on? Or should I get into my uh, stuff? You know, I mean, I'm pretty good. Like, I just got a bullshit section. Uh, have you ever actually read The Choir Boys, man? Have I read what? The Choir Boys. What's that? Are you fucking serious? Is it a book? Yeah. Yeah, it's a fucking book. That's why you would have read it. I don't know how to read. Does it? Is it on? <laughs> is it on audio books? Okay. Uh, maybe I don't know. It was written uh, uh, back in like the seventies. But uh, you said choir practice earlier. That's actually where that term comes from. Is that book? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. So that. there's a really good quote in that book that uh, I think describes like where a lot of people are right now with the job. And I can read that to you if you'd like, friend. The suspense is killing me. All right. Team policing and the basic car plan had created lots and lots of new jobs for officers of staff rank. Therefore, lieutenants made captain, captains made commander, and commanders made deputy chief. And everyone had all the time they needed to think up new things for the working cops to do, aside from catching crooks, which most of the new captains, commanders, and deputy chiefs knew nothing about. That's from the choir boys, Joseph Wambaugh. That was written in 1975. And we're still dealing with that shit today. So I recently came across that book and uh thought it was so oddly relevant to have been written so long ago, back in the good old days of policing. Well, I don't know. I, I think it's really easy for us to say, well, it's never been this bad. And a, and a lot of the old timers seem to have confirmed it. But oh yeah, I, I think it's just like parents, right? Like, dude, I think my kids have it so fucking good. But I know for my sure. parents thought the same. And I know their parents thought the same. And their parents thought the same. And I think that is a story as old as time. Absolutely. Like, whatever academy... You went through, you were the last one in class, right? <laughs> Everybody yes. had it easy from then on out. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and there's probably some truth to that for sure. I, I don't think any doubt, but I I think, uh, I don't know, maybe we could be a little inspiring instead of hateful and angry today is <laughs> I think that the others have persevered through it. And I think people can too. I mean, I, I don't know. I'll be fucking honest with you guys. You guys know, I, I, I go through kind of these waves where like, I really fucking miss being a cop. Absolutely. And then I, and then I see my, my old department in the news again. I said, okay, I, I probably made the right call. There's nothing better than going back to, uh, figure it out you know like go have lunch with your buddies and just kind of gauge uh well i i don't want to give too many spoilers but i, I have a podcast coming up hopefully that is going to kind of address that where a guy left and okay. he, he came back and he's going to talk about that a little bit and I, I talked to this guy on the phone the other day and it was a really good discussion like i don't I, you know, it's the whole thing. Like, I miss the clowns, not the circus kind of thing. Like, I, I miss my friends. I miss that probably the most. I, I miss like helping the people that actually wanted to be helped. 
you know, right. I've talked a lot about like the fuck these people. And I got to be honest, like fuck a lot of these people because, you know, a lot of these places, their police department bends over backwards to give the best service they can. And it's not good enough. Right. And so I say, fuck these people. And, you know, we, we coddle criminals and, and we arrest cops that are trying not to fucking die. So on one hand, it's like, fuck this, fuck that. I'm not, I don't want to go back. I sounded like Dr. Seuss there for a second, but I'd buy that book. Yeah. Fuck this, fuck that. I don't want to go back by Dr. Seuss, AKA Lloyd. I think you're onto something here. Yeah. That's what I need. Dr. Seuss police books and they're poorly made. So if they don't make sense, then it's totally fine. But no, oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. It, it's just hard. It's it, it's hard because for some of us, I, I think there's just like that calling and, and like that purpose, right? Like we're kind of absolutely kind of crack at some jokes on your identity and stuff and, and leaving the job. And and people say like, well, you can't make policing your identity. I totally 100% agree with it. Like I would never disagree with that. Like you need a real life outside of policing. But it is such a fucking calling for some of us. And it's hard to like let that go, even though you know it's bad. Absolutely. There's a certain point where it, I mean, just becomes you or you become it either way you spend enough time doing it and like in that environment you know it's you Um, it is and i think there's probably something to say for the people that are still there like they're kind of in it together so to speak you know And, and maybe maybe this this dark time in law enforcement for those that stayed will will be kind of a guiding light. God, I hate saying that a guiding light. Um but yeah. but hopefully it will be something in the future. And I don't know, man. I'm just I don't think it's coming back. And that's just me being right. negative. Maybe it will, but at least in the future, hopefully the leadership is better for you know the people that are in elementary school now because your your new cops now will be in leadership positions when you have, you know, young kids coming up. Right. And hopefully they saw what we went through and can do a better job. But it, but at the end of the day, it's humans, right? For sure. So we're going to fuck it up. So you yeah. know what? It's, it's, it's all meaningless and bullshit. So just quit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. Well, I got a good serial killer story. I like cereal. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so, if I'm not mistaken, I think a serial killer is actually like what three or what was it more than three killings? Who's counting? But yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, this might not technically count, but uh, as we discussed earlier, fuck you, FBI. Uh, you know, unless you want to come stick up for him or whatever. Okay, so we'll go. <laughs> I'm not over that, by the way. I'm having yeah, right. an identity crisis over that. Yeah, well, I'm glad I could deliver that to you today. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so back, jeez, uh, 2012. Uh, you know, I've been on for about two years. Uh, working graves. And I was in booking one night. And uh, as I'm coming out of booking, I, I see this uh, this patrol car on the corner just like across from uh, uh, where our exit is, right? 
and uh, some FTO with his rookie, and uh, they're they're all over the air panicking about this dead dude they found, and uh, so I roll over there, and uh, booking was actually like like in my precinct, so uh, you know when I left, I was already you know back at work again, and uh, like like worried about what was happening there, so so I wanted to know what was going on. And I knew they were from out of sector, so rolled over there. And uh, as I'm rolling up, several other people get in there. And uh, so there's this guy laying on the sidewalk, shot in the face. Okay. So we're like, what the fuck's going on here? And uh, being that this was like uh, near booking, there's a ton of cameras. And uh, there's a property guard that uh, came running out of the building. And he's like, hey, you guys need to see this. We're like, okay, play it on us. And so he's like, yeah, this car was circling the building. They kind of freaked me out. So I come up and, and and I see him pull into the oncoming lane of traffic. And and I zoom in to try to get his license plate. So he zooms in, he gets like this partial plate from this car, but then like the car takes off. And so uh, as he zooms out, there's this guy that was uh, some homeless dude sitting on a bench. And now he's like laying on the sidewalk. And uh, well, that's fucking weird. And uh, essentially, this guy got out of the car, walked around, shot this homeless guy sitting on the bench, like right in the face, and uh, takes off. So we start like running this partial tag. And at the time, uh, we were in this transition between uh, an old like records management system and a new one. And so we ran it through the old one. And uh, it, it wasn't me. It wasn't my bright idea. It was uh, another officer I was working with at the time. It had been on for probably about five or six years. And uh, so he runs it, partial tag through this old system. And uh, he comes up with some pretty good matches. We knew it was a black Nissan Altima. So he finds this car. And uh, the tag was actually registered to like uh, about an hour south of my town. And uh, But then it had this address for a ticket that was issued two years earlier that was in my town. So we're like, uh, all right, well, let's go over there, see what we can find. So uh, we all go over there, this apartment complex, and I post up, don't see the car anywhere. And we're like, well, we'll just hang out for a minute. So about 10 minutes later, Black Altimore rolls in, matching tag, right? So, okay, we go ahead and do the felony stop on it. And uh, more, more like a vehicle jam. Slash felony stop, I guess you'd say. And it was the oddest fucking experience of my life from that point on. So here we are, pointing guns, shouting at this guy who so calmly just does everything we're asking him to do. So my buddy goes up and he opens the door and I'm kind of covering him. And he looks my buddy dead in the eye and goes, uh, like in the calmest voice ever, he's like, uh, can I just get my medicine out of the car? any normal person at three o'clock in the morning and it is being pulled out of their car by like, you know, five or six cops is going to want to know what the fuck is going on. So, uh, can I get my medicine out of the car? Uh, yeah, guys, go ahead and stand up for charge. Uh, your hands behind your back and cuff them up and take him and go stick him in the car. And like, he is not worried about anything. Doesn't have any questions for us at all. And, uh, so we start making some phone calls and, uh, at that point, uh, they we had what was called a cold case unit that uh, I'm sure you're familiar with. But they were probably our more experienced homicide detectives. 
and uh, they wanted them to do an interview. So uh, lucky me, I get stuck with this motherfucker, and we got to take him downtown. So I take him down there, meet with the cold case guys, and uh, walk him out. And uh, I haven't said really anything to him, but uh, at that point in my career, I don't think like, I, I've been around other homicides and stuff like that. But I hadn't experienced like pure evil. And if it's something that you've ran into, uh, it's something you can't really describe, but you just know when you're in the presence of of, of evil. It's a very strange feeling. And uh, that's kind of the feeling I got from this guy. And uh, so I take him down there, cold case detectives are down there. And uh, he says, uh, Can I make a, can I smoke a cigarette and make a phone call? And they're like, Hell yeah, you can. So they walk him outside and uh, give, him, give him a phone. And uh, they ask him who he's going to call. He says his sister. So he calls his sister. And uh, so he's sitting there. I'll never forget. He's sitting there on the phone. And I can just tell like what she's saying about what he's saying. And he's like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm down at, uh, uh, I'm down at uh, the courthouse getting talked to by some detectives. And then, you know, she's asking what for. And he's like, well, it's kind of like the cat thing. It's just weird. Kind of like the cat thing. What the take fuck? <laughs> so, take him back inside. And uh, he starts getting interviewed by them. And uh, me and another officer there start making some phone calls down to uh, this place an hour south of us that he's from. And uh, asking about his criminal history. And... Uh, as it turns out, he was on probation for like uh, several years earlier. He uh, had walked out of his house and his neighbor's cat was sitting on the fence. And he uh, walks up and pulls a shotgun out of his bedrobe and just blows the cat away. At that point, he had not been asked one single question by us. And he tells his sister it's kind of like the cat thing, you know? Uh so I got to stand there uh, for the interview as it started. It was very interesting to me at that point in my career, you know, not have been all that long. And uh, so he's like, hey, you know, we just want to ask you some questions. He's like, hey, okay, what do you want to ask me? I'm like, well, we uh, we have reason to believe that you were involved in a homicide that occurred not too long ago tonight. Now, you or me, we get asked that question. We're like, what the fuck? No way. I was here. I was there. I was whatever. This guy looks across the table, tilts his head, and goes, well, what kind of evidence do you have? It was fucking strange. Anyway, long story short, we go to find out that uh, this guy was involved with, uh, I guess I should call it two and a half, because uh, he shot two other guys on bus benches in the exact same manner within the previous three years. One of them, uh, the exit wound actually went out the side of his cheek, blew out his teeth and all that, but he actually survived. Uh so two of them died. One of them survived. Um, one of them, the, the the second death, they were not able to pin on him, but they were able to get uh, the other one. I mean, he's got life now. The whole thing's concluded. But uh, it was probably one of the more memorable arrests that I, I can remember back when I was on patrol, man. Why did he hate bombs? Oh, that, that was crazy. So why? I don't know. But uh, when they started kind of like uh, – doing some follow-up interviews and talking to people that knew him back from his hometown. He talked, they talked to this one guy 
it was like, yeah, man, we were, uh, we were at this party and we walked outside and, uh, uh, went to his car and he started talking about like wanting to get a gun. And, uh, we were like smoking a joint or whatever. And then he just starts talking about how, like, like he fucking hates homeless people. And like, I, I get it. Everybody hates homeless people, but then he starts <laughs> talking about like all the terrible ways they should die. <laughs> and the thing is, like, he's from like a, a rural town that I would venture to guess probably doesn't have any fucking homeless people. Like, it's like an agricultural area, you know? Like, uh, so yeah, why? Boy, I, I don't know. But, but that escalated sure quick. Did. I mean, yeah. that really got out of hand fast. <laughs> you ready for some of my dumb questions? Yeah, man. What is the stupidest thing you ever did as a rookie? Uh, I guess, like, right off the bat, I would say uh, forgetting temporarily how uh, OC spray really works, you know, and uh, mm. attempting to empl- employ it on a specific individual while in a dog pile. Mm. Yeah, we we all got it. It was mm. it's pretty spicy. Yeah, too. yeah. I was probably spicy on about six months at that time. Spicy spray is always bad. It was it was bad. Yeah. I don't think I ever used it again after that. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I think that was the only time I used it. (laughs) I was like, fuck. Yeah, I just trash your spicy spray. Be a man. It's just no good. Right. So I've been working on a new question. And I've kind of formulated it cop-wise. But I'm really open to this with anything in life. But what is one of the biggest things that you wish you knew when you were younger that you know now policing or otherwise right i guess i would say uh effort batters and maybe that has to do with the fact that i was like a fucking teenage burnout (laughs) but uh once you kind of give up and like stop trying on things it's hard to restart that up later in life uh, some people can, some people can't. Uh, luckily, I was able to. Um, but yeah, effort matters, man. Not to spoil future podcasts, but the, the, I think two podcasts after this one, if everything goes to plan, I'm going to talk to a guy kind of about that. And, and just for a little spoiler, like when I was younger, I had no direction, like at all. And I was just kind of doing whatever to get by. And it's tough. You know, I, I definitely should have bought a skateboard instead of rollerblades. Fucking nerd. Nerd. Hey, man, I well, it would have been ice skates if I wasn't poor. I would have played real hockey and not fake hockey. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know there. It's. Don't make things harder on yourself. Yeah, I, I like what you had to say. That was good. That's yeah, good. well done. I think you deserve a little prize for that. You know what that prize is? Is it air horns again? A nice little golf clap. No, oh, okay. Hold on. Okay. Nice little clap. Not it. the clap, but like a clap. The what clap was... is yeah. preferable. When in Rome. What was the proudest moment of your career? Oh, man. You know, honestly, uh, in. It'd probably be pretty cliche to say this, but uh, I honestly think like the day I pinned the fucking badge on, man, uh, my life changed dramatically from that point forward. And 
you know, I, I, I talked a little bit about effort and being a teenage burnout, you know, and uh, never had I put so much effort into something and uh, never was I rewarded so greatly for that than in that moment. So uh, that would definitely be part of it. And uh, close second, uh, the day we wrapped up that MS-13 case that I was referencing earlier, uh, we had, I think, 18 federal prosecutions on that one. And going to those roundups on that, that was that was pretty stellar, too. Fuck those people. Oh, fuck those guys. Would you want your kid to be a cop? Well, that's a multifaceted answer that I would uh, start with. No. Uh, no, I would not. <laughs> From time to time, he kind of like... Uh, We'll pretend and talk about like before I left recently, like we'll talk about coming to work with me uh, when he was older and he could. And uh, at this point, I was just like, let him have it. You know, I'm not going to go the whole like, you know, Ron Burgundy. You know, it's time for him to take a sip out of the frothing bowl of piss in his life <laughs> or anything like that. I just let him have it for a moment. And, uh, if it came down to it later in life, we'd have some pretty serious conversations and uh, maybe it'd be a different world at that point. But uh, one of the things you can't like explain to a child who wants to play cops and robbers is that uh, you are going to see things and experience things that are going to change you at a core level for the rest of your life. And uh, some of those changes can be uh, not necessarily good or bad. Some of them can be good. Uh, some of them are, are bad, you know, it changes your wiring and the way you look at people. And it's not always fun to be, uh, the post policing career guy, I guess, you know, you don't think about it in terms of, I think that was bad for me, but you think about it in terms of, I don't want my, my child to have to experience those things, you know? Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Like I, I would never actively discourage my kid from following their dreams because I, I think to a certain point, you, you know, you guide your kid the best you can. Yeah, but we've all seen the Lifetime original movies. Okay, right. If if you tell your kid not to date the skater boy, she's going to date the skater boy. Okay, she's going to. You have to act Absolutely. indifferently, and then she will not. She's like, well, dad doesn't care, so I got to rebel against dad. And so right. I'll be like, really? Like, no, you cannot date the guy whose parents are super rich. That's awful. And then she'll fall in love with him, and you know, we'll be friends, and maybe he'll let me into the golf club, and it's going to be awesome. Right. We've all been there. Every time. It's science. <laughs> oh, man. It's science. What's the what's the grossest thing you've had to see? Like I just this talking about like you not wanting your kids to experience some of these things, you know? Like like what's you the, know? I think yeah. I think I look at things a lot differently than than people. I've I've definitely had the trauma, right? Like I think everybody's had the traumatic and and crazy calls and stuff, and I, right. they just weigh on you, like. Maybe not at the time you don't think about it, but it all kind of just 
I think the good analogy that we've used before is just pour a little bit in that cup and eventually it gets over. I just, there's what, what bugged me a lot. I I have one thing that always sticks up in my head and, but I'm going to tell you something else and I'll tell you the other thing. One of the things that I guess always bugs and gets to me and which was something I kind of ranted about in a roundabout way today was just the way people treat each other. And okay. You know, you see like, that. Like humanity in general? Yes, yes. Yeah, you see yeah. that. You see that You're on social media? That. No, mm-hmm. you see it on social media, but it's like light version. And then when yeah. you see in real life. Okay, so I I don't know. I think I shared a story the other day where it was about weaves or something. And you always knew when you got to a fight call and like everybody was scattering but right. there was like weaves and stuff on the ground. It was probably a pretty good fight. Oh yeah. And you think t- of t- that tumble weaves. We call them tumble weaves. <laughs> you think of that and you're like, that's fucking funny. Yeah. But then you take a step back and you look at things and you're like, okay, we have adults or young adults right. fighting in the street like savages. Over some bullshit over something ridiculous right and i don't care if anybody gets mad at the word savages if you're fighting somebody in the street over something stupid i don't care who you are you're fucking idiot okay it's it's stupid like i i thought we were evolved apparently we're not um I just see stuff like that. And like, you see like the real bad DVDs and you see the sex assaults and you see the homicides where, where people are getting killed over nothing. Right. Absolutely nothing. And you know, you, you see how people lead their lives. I mean, you intimately, I think you on a call, you can kind of get to know somebody based on how they interact with you. And I get absolutely talking to the police is kind of a game, which always always drove me nuts. But if you're talking to a victim and they go through some shit, you you empathize with them. You're like, this fucking person's had a super hard life, and all the shit's happening to him. I mean, like, you know, like it's kind of fucked up. But you know, you look yeah. at the girls you run across on the street, right? And you're like, they this isn't like this is like their whole entire life has led to this point where they're half-dressed and fucking coked out, you know? You know, this isn't, like, some random occurrence. Occasionally that happens, right? But it just... out the most about, like, that kind of shit was that, like, like those people, like, their entire existence is, like, within, like, probably five square blocks, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, that just, like, trips me the fuck out. That, like, everything they know in their entire world is in, like, this, like, five square blocks. And... I, here's here's the way I break it down to like even cause further harm to my soul is <laughs> I think of these people they were little kids man like yeah these were the little kids that you saw that you know were naming state capitals they the ones that you know were singing in the you know the little school program they were the ones you know playing four square on the school grounds and there was so much hope and potential even if they had shitty parents And this is like, it's, you know, I was kind of joking about like my existence and stuff, but I've, you know, I can complain about a lot of stuff, but I've had a pretty good life. I can't, I have food and shelter. I I get to make a shitty podcast for you guys. I've had it pretty fucking good. Right. A lot of people haven't. It's fucking depressing, man. 
it's depressing as shit and like yeah. it's hard when you try to like help somebody out and it's rejected and like you can't take it personally because like that's just how how they're wired you know i i've made right. a joke several times about going it's like going to a different planet and so that's why you know cops put up the shell and they joke and they say a bunch of fucked up shit because when you think of the reality of it it's fucking horrible right it's fucking horrible um, absolutely here's my real answer though that was my real answer because that 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 stuff really bugs me but i don't know why this stands up in my mind so often but i went to this uh actually because it was depressing this lady (laughs) died in her department in her department in her apartment and uh she was relatively like young but like us a functional alcoholic i think she was in her 40s right and she she basically drunk herself to death right and what was sad is what's sad to me is when people are in their apartments for a while and no one knows they're gone oh yeah that's the worst because that means beyond like the disgustingness of how they're found, like psychologically, like, nobody cared. Enough nobody cared. Nobody to, cared. Like, I mean, like, they were missing or gone. Like, yeah, I, I had one where like a family member lived down the street and this lady had been dead for three weeks and nobody like thought to come see how she was doing. And, and that, it took three whole weeks. to like, yeah, yeah. It makes me sad for them that God, yeah, dude, I, I would think if, you know, I have enough interaction with people that they would know, hey, man, he hasn't been around for a while. We should go check on him kind of thing. And right. so, so anyway, this lady is, um, you know, she's dead in her apartment and nobody knew she'd been gone. And it thankfully, she had left her air conditioner on. So thank you, lady, if you're oh, haunting me. Thank God. But so it's sad. Like the whole thing's sad because the, the everything about this call is sad. Which at the time you're taking the call and you kind of put up your like little shield, right? Like, oh, uh, yeah. you know, whatever, kind of crack jokes or whatever, because that's how you deal with it. And um, the coroner shows up and it's like kind of checking things out. And he like kind of picks her head up and it's like turning it back and forth like an exorcism. Right. And I was like, I don't know the why. Noise. And I've seen a lot of fucking weird shit. And like I had a dude, we I helped the corner move, and the dude gleeked on my fucking foot, dead guy. <laughs> and then I went to off duty job after wiping it off with the <laughs> after wiping it off with a Lysol wipe. Right, but, yeah, some fucking sandy wipe it fixes everything. Get the goo off of me. Um, mm. but you just like it's just the fucked everything's so fucked up, you know. I think that's what what was the most horrible thing is just seeing how fucked up things really are. Yeah. They're more fucked up than we think. For sure. Like, thanks for being guess, so depressing. Like, yeah. Sorry. I really turned that thing. Bad direction. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Although if anybody's still listening at this point, I'd be impressed. I've been kind of all over the place. Uh, yeah. But you know, it is what it is. Poorly I made my friend. This thing into like, you know, a real miracle. No, I'm going to leave it completely fucked up because it's funny. Um, oh, whatever. We've been, uh, it's been a newer thing on the podcast. Is I've been exploring the uh, the unknown, the uh, paranormal and the extraterrestrial. Do you okay. have any good ghost or alien stories or thoughts or opinions on any of that stuff? Man, I, I wish I did. I really do. Uh, I had like a kind of like weird little scenario that happened like one night when i was working you know graves okay and uh so there was like this uh 
former governmental building. I guess like the county still owned the property, but there had been like uh, some copper thefts and, uh, you know, graffiti and shit like that happening at this office, whatever this like godforsaken administrative office of bureaucratic nonsense, like what it was, uh, it wasn't anymore. <laughs> the office of bureaucratic, bureaucratic nonsense. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so they had like a gate around the place, but the gate had been knocked down. The parking lot is like cracked open and there's weeds growing up everywhere. Like, like half the windows are smashed out of this place, but, but it still exists. And for some reason they want us to like do an extra patrol and go check on it. You know, uh, this, this real gym, that the county still owns. Um, so I, I, I pull in one night and uh, I pull up and I'm just kind of like, you know, working the spotlight around, looking around the lot. And like I work it around like, like the far left and then back in front of my car. And there's this giant fucking cat. I mean, and I mean, like, like mountain lion, you know? And uh, I'm like, holy shit. And uh, me being the brainiac that I am, I, you know, jump out of my car because I'm going to like either get a good picture of it or, you know, kill it because it was coming right at me. The cat, and, uh, is a cat, right? We're talking about a cat, like a, yeah, like a, a very cougar large cat, or like a, like a house cat, like a closer to a cougar, man, like a mountain lion, you know? Oh, so, okay. So we're not talking about like your run of the mill house cat. No, I'm talking about a big fucking cat, a big cat. That was not what I was expecting. But I'm okay with it. Uh, there you go. I guess that's okay. But anyway, so I jump out and the thing's just gone. And I'm looking all around the lot, like these tall weeds for this thing. And I'm like, nobody's going to believe me. And uh, probably still the case. But uh, where I was, it would not have been likely to see a mountain lion. But I'm still convinced that's exactly what it was. Uh, maybe it was a shapeshifter. You know, if we want to like steer back more towards the occult, um, it was weird. Oh, I do have a a ghost. Uh, let's hear it, buddy. You want the ghost story? Okay. I love ghost stories. So, uh, That's what we're here for, buddy. We've already said Tennessee. Uh, so uh, we, there was a war a while back. I don't know if you're familiar. We don't uh, talk about that here. <laughs> uh, so uh, you know, some things happened, and uh. In the precinct that I was working in, there was this uh, this building that was a bar that was uh, supposedly used as or attached to in the in the same strip, uh, some sort of hospital uh, during the war. And uh, now what was it was this like war some, about what was this war about? Uh, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> some people will say uh, states' rights, and other people will, hang on. Let me grab my notes here. <laughs> Slabbery Samsonite. That's way off. Sla I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> but uh so anyway. <laughs> uh there was this uh this bar and uh the guy that was like the head of their security there was a former Chicago uh cop and you know still a cop at heart and so uh they had like catered some big event the night before. So uh earlier when we were making the rounds through there, he was like, Hey, guys come by later. We're gonna have a ton of leftovers, we'll hook you up, you know, after bars closed at like you know, three, four o'clock this morning. Like, all right, cool. And uh so we go by later, and this is this place is like uh three levels. 
and uh, the ground level, there's this large uh, walkway, kind of like a circular walkway that goes around like the second level. And so like from the ground level, you can see up on the second level. And uh, so we're sitting there eating and we hear a bottle break upstairs. And there's probably like six of us in there. We hear this bottle break. So we look up there and at least three of us, I would say, saw this like shadowy figure just like run across at like speed of light. So we're like, holy shit, there's like still somebody in here. You know, I mean, this is like a bar, you know, and there's a lot of people in here at night. And uh, so we uh, got his security guys on the exits and we cleared the thing from top to bottom, from bottom to top, from top to bottom, like at least four times. This dude is at least like the greatest hide and seek player of all time. Or it was a fucking ghost. So uh, I'll let you decide. That was way too loud. It was weird, man. <laughs> that is fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, the next question. Oh, oh, almost hit a button. Don't want to hit buttons. The next question was an important question to me. Good sir, what is the best police car of all time? You know, I really wish I could say that I drove a Vic, man. All but that time and you never drove a Vic? No. No, so there was like when I when I came on, when I came on, there was only like maybe two left at the department. Uh, one of them had been handed over to our uh, our uh, PIO, and one of them belonged to a motors guy who like never drove it. You know, he had a fucking Crown Vic in twenty ten, probably. It had like fifty thousand miles on it, and. Uh, he held on to it for a long time, but uh, I, I would give it to the Vic because I've driven some in like outside training. They were fucking awesome. But uh, I tortured some Impalas, and they were all garbage cars, uh, you know. But uh, there's an Impala dude on Facebook, and if uh, if he happens to listen to the podcast. Yeah, you know who you are. You should hit me up because I want to talk about Impalas. But yeah, anytime I mention Crown Vicks, he always says, "Well, what about those Impalas?" And I thought he was joking for a while, but then I realized they were actually cop cars, which is pathetic yeah. and sad. Yeah. So uh, I had a lot of cars that like weren't cop cars. Also, you know, uh, and I would say, I, like, dude, I had a fucking Hyundai Genesis at one point. And uh, I felt like Paul Walker. <laughs> like, like, Did what, you hit any trees? Like, <laughs> oh, it's not too soon for that one. Not anymore. <laughs> I don't know about but, that. Um, you know, I had some trucks and stuff. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, I think the most fun that I had like in a police car was uh, probably, and again, like I said, it was not a police car, but uh yeah, a charger, actually. Which I think they're garbage police cars. But uh, we did a lot of stuff, you see, with them. And then, uh, as you can imagine, they blend pretty well. Fair enough. Now it's time for the most important question of the podcast. Fuck everything we've talked about. None of that matters right. now. 
this is what matters. Good sir. Guy, I forgot your name already. Dale. 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 Have you ever shit your pants as an adult? Uh, yes. Do you have a good story? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I I wouldn't say it necessarily counts. Uh, it was pretty almost, you know. It was uh, pretty what? Almost, like it was pretty pretty close. Well, you said um, you did, but now you're saying you're not. Uh, you know, I mean, it wasn't like a full blown, you know, like three pounds sitting in my trousers kind of deal. Uh, but like, like, like Brown touched cop. Does that count? Yeah, it does. It does. I would say so. All right. Well, since you're the fucking governor of pants shitting, I guess we'll go with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I've never been so honored to have such a title bestowed on right. me. The uh, governor of sh- pants shitting. And you know, I really cannot remember exactly the circumstances, but I know <laughs> at the time I was working really fucked up hours. And uh, my wife was working like days and I was working nights. Uh, we weren't married yet, but like, so we like never saw each other. We like met for dinner. And uh, I want to say like I hadn't eaten I had eaten like not too long before, but then she was like, "Hey, do you want to do you want to hit up the Cracker Barrel?" And if you're from the South, like uh-huh. the answer is always yes for Cracker Barrel. And uh, so I went, and um, I decided to take the uh, scenic route back to our house, uh, which is like a like a two lane road with with nothing. And I get about halfway there, and it's it's happening. And so I'm uh I'm standing up like halfway pushing myself out of the seat doing hip thrust thinking that's somehow gonna hold the turds <laughs> that are so anxiously waiting to escape from my body uh in. But it wasn't enough. And uh so I ended up bailing out in some poor bastard's driveway and uh just letting it rip, right? Well, the worst part about it was uh-huh. the only thing I had was a jar of uh, Sandy Wipes that I had, you know, stolen from work, obviously. Um, that was the only uh, like mechanism I had acquired. Well, set of one acquired. That was the only mechanism I had to actually wipe with. And uh, I wouldn't recommend it. Just so you know. A little spicy. I, I feel like... Did you just say spicy? It was a little spicy. <laughs> I feel like the alcohol wipes on the exposed anus is probably not going to feel too good. Yeah, it's not it's not like a very sensitive skin. Very sensitive skin down there. Yes. Yes, it is. Can't can't confirm. So you took a shit in somebody's yard? No. The driveway. I'm a big fan of that story. You know, there's like, like, uh, there's a part of me that wonders if like that guy walked out to get his mail the next day and was like, we've got coyotes in the neighborhood or like like something like that. What the fuck? That's what he said. (laughs) Right. So. Well, sir, we've come to the end of this poorly made podcast. (laughs) Do you have any words of wisdom for the 
all the millions of listeners that will listen to this and probably cancel us for all the fucked up shit we talked about today? Uh, anything you disagreed with uh, was not my idea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the, the best best piece of advice I could give. Uh, let's see here. Admit nothing. Deny everything. And always make counter accusations. Dale, you're a national treasure, and I hope everybody enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. If you don't get canceled, we should do this again. And if you didn't like it, then lighten the fuck up. How about that? I say it at the beginning, okay? You guys know what to do. You were warned. You were fucking warned. You guys know what to do if you want to support this very poorly made podcast. Become a monthly donor for just $1 a month. You can help all the starving children in the basement. You've spent dollars on dumber shit. You have. You totally have. I believe in you. You can do it. Spend your hard-earned money on me. After I got done bitching about people signing up for $14.99 behind the scenes. It's tax deductible. It's what? Uh, It's probably not. It's probably not. No, don't don't listen to him. Uh, It's uh, it's almost Christmas. Time's running out to get your gifts. Got to get the ornaments for your trees. It'll bedazzle your tree. People still bedazzle stuff. I think they do. Uh, you're asking the wrong guy. I'm from Tennessee. It's back page. Uh, His answer is yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I was going through my daughter's room the other day, and she had her cleats uh, from baseball, and right. I noticed that she had bedazzled those. So she spent a Do lot of time on the sell, bench, like a bedazzler. Or is like is it all secondary market it's a, now? It's it's I don't know. It's like glue and little jewelry shit that she has okay. or something. Whatever. I, Whatever she tricks me into buying at Hobby Lobby is what was on it. Right. And then uh, besides that, you guys know what to do. Buy uh, t-shirts and coins and all the great things you guys do to keep this podcast afloat. Because Let me make one point right now. I love points. Your t-shirts are much better than those fucking dragon skull, I chase the evil, you pretend doesn't ghost <laughs> exist or whatever t-shirts that you tried to buy at that narcotics conference so <laughs> buy, buy those quit quit the chase the evil i hunt the weed that should it's, be legal it's not it's not neat it's not neat you're not cool i'm impressing anybody all right get the poorly made shirts make, get the poorly made shirts you're gonna make me go on a rant um <laughs> i and this wasn't super recent but about two months ago i was at one of my kids' football games, and I saw a dude in an affliction shirt. Did you know those I'm are go back still to my around? Bedazzle question about that, which I think there's some crossover between bedazzlers and affliction. Probably same. Is, same uh, dudes. Is is that still secondary market only now, or like can you still buy affliction? Is that still around? I don't know, but the guy looked how you would expect he'd look. He was in his fifties, and he just looked like shit. But he had the fucking affliction shirt on. So okay. cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. And of course, he had the necklace too. He yeah. Had that well, yeah. For sure. he, had yeah it. he gotta have it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what we're talking about, but I think we're at the end. So remember, kids, <laughs> it's okay to quit, it's okay to stay. It's up to you. Don't let anybody else fucking tell you that. And I don't know. 
some other inspirational shit. I love most of you. Bye-bye. <laughs>